Hi everyone. Would you like to live longer? Then there are some things you should start doing and others that you should stop doing. I wrote about some of them in yesterday's The Planet newsletter that I, of course, hope that all of you are reading and subscribing to. And um, uh, all of those that I wrote about yesterday were related to eating. And I, I will talk about those uh, for listeners that didn't read the article, but I will expand with other advice for which I simply didn't have the space in the newsletter. And from all the research that I've read over the years, something that always pops up is that it's never too late to start living a more healthy life. And of course, it's better to start when you are 20, but even when you are 80, you can still add a few more years to your life expectancy without all too radical changes. And it's not only about the absolute length of your life, it's also about having more time with high quality of health so you can enjoy your life longer. And a lot of studies that are being done about healthy uh, aging are um, uh, related to the studies that have been done in the, in the blue zones. That is five regions in the world where a very high percentage of people live longer and in a very good health. And one of them is the Japanese island of Okinawa. And the people on that island are a typical example of not uh, only living long, but also about aging well. And many of the 100-year-old inhabitants of the island are lean, they're energetic, and they had low rates of chronic illnesses like heart disease and cancer when these people were being researched in this worldwide research about the blue zones. A good article about it is actually in the National Geographic. It was already a couple of years ago that they wrote about it. Um, I, I think this is at least about 10 years ago, but um, I remember reading about half a year ago uh, about it. It's very accessible, easy, readable um, uh, study about uh, an article about uh, the, the really scientific study that has been done. So what did they find? Um, it's, it's a mix of a number of reasons. I won't get in, in all of them, but I'll, I'll just mention a few of them. Uh, one is the genetic makeup of the Okinawans. So that is something that um, you can't really change yourself, but that helps in preventing inflammatory and autoimmune diseases. But then siblings of long-lived Okinawans also tend to live long and healthy lives. But when Okinawans moved to new environments and their lifestyle and their habits change, they lost their longevity. So this indicates that there are other factors that play a role besides genetics. Genetics, genetics help if you're lucky but you have to fulfill another of other uh, requirements to live long and healthy. Um, another thing is that those uh, centenarians that they studied in Okinawa, they had lower levels of what they call free radicals in the blood. And this is largely because Okinawans, they eat fewer calories than average. And you may have heard of this, this cultural practice that they have with, with the name Harahachibu, which means that you only eat until you're 80% full, uh, which is rather difficult to do because <laughs> I've tried it. Um, um, uh, it's, it's, it may be a cultural thing, but I find it horribly difficult to stop when you are not really full and you're having a good meal. But the idea is that you stop when you're 80% full 
And that means that you have fewer, fewer calories and that means fewer free radicals that are created uh, in this digestive process. And fewer free radicals means that you have a better cardiovascular health and you have less risk uh, of cancer and other other chronic illnesses. So it is worth the investment, but I personally find it quite difficult to uh, to do. Um, and uh, it's another thing of the Okinawans when they studied this is that their their hearts are in really great condition. So partly that has to do with uh, those uh, less uh, free radicals. Um, but uh, yeah, it was was really when they when they studied them, they have really clean and healthy arteries, um, and there's low cholesterol, um, and uh, and uh, low uh, homocysteine levels. So researchers believe that uh, all this together decreases the the risk of heart disease, which which is also true. They they statistically have that at a lower level. Um, so it's, it's, uh, a healthy diet is an important aspect of it, uh, combined with, uh, high level physical activity also in, in, at high age there, they remain physically active. Um, they drink not much alcohol. They don't smoke, uh, mostly. And, uh, and there's another thing, they have a very positive attitude. So it's a, it's a mix of all these uh, factors that plays a role here. Um, they have less risk of developing cancer, um, especially the ones that are more hormone dependent. So like, like breast cancer or prostate cancer. And uh, they, uh, uh, the, 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 it is um, attributed to, again, eating fewer calories, um, eating a lot of fruit and vegetables also seems to help to lower your risk of, of cancer. Um and eating healthy fats, so you have the good and the bad fats, but eating the healthy fats is good, um, and eating uh, fiber, and again, staying physically active. So as you, as you see the pattern emerging now, it is this mix of, uh, of, of all these factors. Uh, their bone density is also better. That has to do with a higher calcium intake, but also more exposure to vitamin D. So if you take the extreme... Um, other uh, other end of the spectrum of having hardly any exposure to vitamin D or to sunlight, um, you can only produce vitamin D in your body. Not only if you have the right intake, but you need sunlight to to produce it. So the extreme other end of the spectrum is, for instance, uh, children in the coal mines in England in the time of the Industrial Revolution. They lived practically constantly underground and. As most people know in England, if you come above ground, there's not much sun either. And there wasn't much sun either because they were burning the coal as well, which uh, created so much, uh, what do you say in English, smoke and fog that uh, sunlight hardly got through. And there you've got uh, extreme bone diseases, which is still called the, the English disease, uh, although it is it is uh, only a, a tiny fraction of what it, what it used to be in the days of the Industrial Revolution, of course. And there's another factor, I briefly mentioned it already. This is the last one I want to say this. There's, there's actually much more to say about this. Maybe I'll write an article about this one day. It's on my long, long, long list of uh, articles that I still want to uh, to write someday. Uh, one thing is they're very happy. And uh, when the personalities of these Okinawans were tested, they found that they were stress-free, 
They had a very positive outlook on life, which I find surprising looking at the history of the island, but that's a different story. Uh, and they had good coping skills, a uh, deep sense of spirituality. Uh, and yeah, so that, that positive outlook is also connected to a lower risk of, um, of getting dementia. So I think all these factors are uh, are really interesting to look at. And as I said, this is just one of the the five blue zones. Um, the island of Sardinia in Italy is another one. Um, Lomo, uh, Loma Linda in California is another one. Then there's this uh, peninsula in Costa Rica called uh, the Nicoya Peninsula. And there's a, an isolated Greek island called Icaria. And all these five zones have been studied, they've been compared to each other. And you find that there's a lot of the same elements uh, that are playing a role there in the diet, but also the positivity and outlook in life. I remember the, the study of Sardinia that I was, I was seeing a documentary about it uh, years ago already. And a very important factor there was, well, one is it's, it's really hilly. Um, uh, so they, they were forced to to keep using their muscles and walking uh, walking up and down. Um, but a very important element there was the, the sense of, of belonging in a group. There was your family and your neighbors and your friends. And that seems to be in, in a lot of studies, a very important factor to have a lot of, um, or maybe not a lot, but at least to have a number of really good friends and family and that you are, you, you you stay part of that community. And that's also one of the main conclu- conclusions, something I also want to write about someday, is this, this well-known Harvard study where they uh, followed for many, many decades a group of men, strangely only men, um, from uh, from their youth, really when they were children, all the way until, until the end of their lives. And... Uh, one of the main conclusions was the importance of having having stable uh, friendships. And they also described the, the the devastating impact it can have when people had like like huge fights in their families, etc. Um, so that's that's a, that's another important factor: the the, the happiness of it all. Um, so um, food was something that I mentioned and. That brings me to recent research, and I wrote about it yesterday. So uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. You, you, if you've read the article, you may recognize a bit. Um, but before I go there, it's maybe a good moment for yourself to think about what has changed for you in the past years, uh, the past two years since the pandemic started. I think it's really two years ago now. It started in March 2020. Are you still going to the gym? Uh, do you still have enough exercise? Do you walk enough? Um, do you still, um, did your, did your weight change, for instance? Uh, do you eat more? Do you, do you still eat healthy food or did the quality of the food that you eat maybe, maybe change? Now, I must admit that for me, um, after two years in this pandemic, I really admit it's time for me to make changes. I haven't been to a gym for two years for obvious reasons. But I also note that I move less. Uh, moving to Canada certainly played a role because we have here like, I don't know, five months of harsh winter or something. So um, you're, you're just, yeah, you can go cross-country skiing or those kind of things. But in all honesty, I'm just going out uh, a lot less. Um, and um, I noticed that I gained weight. So 
I set for myself a challenge, and I will talk and write about that in a while when 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 I can say more about it. But um, I also started reading about what it takes to live more healthy, uh, with the added bonus of living longer. And I think both are good steps to start with. So one is set a challenge for yourself. It can be your weight or the amount of time that you're walking or changing uh, the, the what you are eating or changing how much you are eating. And the other um, uh, step that I mentioned, inform yourself. Uh, read articles, watch YouTube, but but know a bit more about your health because there are easy things that you can do to live longer and more healthy. So a recently published study, which got quite a bit of attention in, in, in the past few weeks, uh, helps you to make better decisions about your diet based on uh, innovative methods that integrate the best available evidence. And the researchers uh, published in, in a very easy to understand decision support model that predicts how dietary choices affect life expectancy. And the options are rather easy to follow and with and they have so many predicted positive effects that i believe that everyone should at least take five minutes or so to be aware of the conclusions whether you will follow them or not and the predictions for living longer are really stunning so uh, an example i mentioned in uh, in the article that i wrote but there's all kinds of other numbers that i can mention but uh, as if you're now at the age of 60 and you eat a typical Western diet, and it might be the case that you are eating that. Just look for yourself. This is a good good point to mark. Look at the past 24 hours. What did you eat? Was it really all healthy? Be honest. Don't skip anything. And if you change that to an optimized diet, if you're 60, you can increase your life expectancy by eight years if you're a woman and nearly nine years if you are a man. And these are population estimates. So there's given assumptions and the study lists several limitations, of course. Uh, and in your specific situation, the gains from a healthier diet could result in, in much less impressive gains or perhaps even more. Uh, but I personally love life so much that I'm perfectly willing to improve my diet, even if I, if I, even if I gain just a few months by it. So what do you have to eat to live healthier and to live longer? And, and what should you avoid eating? So what the researchers use um, a number of categories in their methodology. They looked at fruit, vegetables, whole grains, refined grains. They looked at nuts, legumes, fish, eggs, milk, dairy, dairy and um, red meat, processed meat, and sugar-sweetened beverages. So this is a number of categories. Um, a few things are missing. I mean, an obvious one is they don't talk about alcohol, for instance. Um, so it's, it's, it's not complete, but I think it, it gives a pretty good picture. And they categorize the intake in a typical Western diet and then the ideal daily proportions in an optimal diet for all these categories. And again, these are the bigger numbers if you are a really big person and, uh, or if you're really tiny, of course, uh, the numbers will, will change a bit. So all of the numbers I mentioned are a bit of an indication. But as you would expect, uh, the optimal diet is a substantially higher intake than a typical Western diet on things like whole grains, uh, legumes, fish, fruits, 
uh, vegetables and, and, and a handful of nuts. And if you also won't be surprised that uh, some aspects of the typical Western diet should be less. So that is like red meat or processed meat or your, your sugary Coca-Cola-like uh, drinks, your soft drinks um, or refined grains instead of uh, whole grains. So um, they created this optimized diet, but they also know that, you know, we're all humans. We cannot live 100% of the time on an optimized diet. So they, they find a kind of soft spot in between the typical Western diet and the optimized diet, which they call the feasibility approach diet. And in all the numbers they mention for each of these food categories, that is just halfway in the middle. Um, but even if you just go for this feasibility approach, so you take over only aspects of what is advised, you can still gain uh, years of, of life expectancy, and that is without too much difficulty. So these are 14 recommendations. You can all read them in, in my newsletter. So I'll, I'll try to go through them quickly, not to make this podcast too long, um, about whole grains. So in a typical Western diet, that is only 50 grams, but they advise to uh, increase this to 225. So that is more than four times as much whole grains that you should be eating. So think about um, eating during the day uh, two thin slices of rye bread, which is delicious, by the way. Or uh, you can do a small bowl of uh, whole grain cereal. It's not an or, it's and actually. And uh, eating some whole grain rice, which is, by the way, also really nice. So this is not some kind of punishment on your diet. Uh, everything that advice here is really nice. They also say eat more vegetables. So in a typical Western diet, that's 250 grams. It should be nearly twice as much. It should be 400 grams per day. So an example of what you could take in one day is eat a big tomato, uh, eat a sweet pepper, uh, eat some mixed salad leaves, eat half an avocado, and eat a small bowl of vegetable soup. If you do those five servings, that is about to 400 grams per day. And double your fruit intake. So instead of the average of 200 grams per day, go to 400. So again, about five servings. Think about you take an apple, a banana, an orange, a kiwi, and a handful of berries. And of course, you can combine this. So if you if you follow the first three that I just mentioned, why not um, eat that uh, small bowl of whole grain cereal, but add berries to it, which is, by the way, a typical breakfast that I'm taking. So maybe I cannot gain those, those kind of 10 years of my life because I'm already doing that part. Uh, nuts is another one. Uh, I eat a lot of nuts, way more than I should, but just a handful of nuts every day. It's amazing that in the Western diet, we don't eat many nuts. Um, and also those nuts, same thing. You can, you can add a handful of nuts uh, to your yogurt, which is something I'm also doing. Um, and then this one is one where I normally struggle a bit. You have to eat more legumes. Uh, so these are not so much integrated into typical Western diets, maybe more in a Mexican dish or so, but uh, you need about 200 grams per day. And um, so when you go shopping, look at things like soaked beans or lentils and peas. I like, for instance, lentil soup. So just take a, a can of lentils and, uh, and make a soup out of it. Um, so you need 
a big cup of, of these every day. Um, you can also use beans in, in salads. And there's also um, here in Canada where I live, uh, something that I don't see so much in, in, in Europe is that they have these kind, kind of pre-prepared prepared bean uh, salads, uh, which are actually quite nice. I'm not sure if they're pre-prepared, if that's the right word in English. I'm not sure if that means that they are uh, that they still contain all that you should have, but certainly uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that quite, quite a bit of the good stuff will still be uh, kept. Then fish, uh, you should eat some 200 grams per day of fish. I'm a vegetarian, so I skipped this step, uh, but uh, the experts say that, uh, that you should eat 200 grams of fish per day, which means that that is four times as much as in the typical Western diet, which I think is a bit scary as an advice to give because if everybody um, would start eating four times as much fish and we're already emptying the oceans uh, with uh, uh, from from fish, I, I wonder if that is a good advice, nor do I believe very much in farmed fish. Um, so, well, that's, that's a bigger environmental question here. Eggs... Um, you could take only half the eggs uh, from a typical Western uh, diet, uh, which means that you eat every other day one egg instead of every day one egg on average. Uh, do think about those chickens that produce the eggs, by the way. Uh, don't go for the big eggs, which is impossible. My supermarket only has large eggs. Um, and try to 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 buy eggs that are whatever the label is on it but but that sounds convincingly like they are really on a free range farm and uh, at least in europe we have a very reliable system system um, on 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 the number of stars that you actually see how good their life has been i have no idea how that is arranged in north america or in other countries in the rest of the world then another one, uh, drink less milk. The cows will love you for it. Uh, it should be 200 grams. So milk and also dairy products. It should be 200 grams per day instead of 300 grams in the typical Western diet. Um, do know that when um, the only reason that a cow is producing milk is because the calf has been stolen away very early after giving birth. Uh, because if you don't take the calf away from the mother, uh, she gives the milk to the calf, which is, of course, the idea. Um, and uh, and then she will, after a while, stop giving milk, uh, let's say, just like it works with humans. The idea that they keep giving milk for the rest of their lives, and that those calves are, are literally stolen away, um, is something that I think everybody should think about and just see one or two films on uh, videos on YouTube about how this is actually being done. And I'm sure you will easily reduce your intake uh, of dairy from those 300 grams to just 200 grams per day. Then the refined grains. Uh, in the Western diet, we eat three times as much refined grains. So bring them back from 150 grams to only 50 and instead eat whole grains. So things like rye bread, etc., which I said is delicious. Try it if you if you normally don't eat it. Red meat, very simple. Just stop eating red meat completely, which is also great for the environment because especially uh, beef, and I should say cows, 
uh, especially cows are um, the, the the cow farming is uh, responsible for uh, not only the the well known uh, methane emissions, but also for the slashing of rainforest uh, to to create grazing uh, grounds for those um, those cows. So stop eating red meat; it's good for your health. You will have less um, uh, heart diseases. You will have less scans on. Uh, developing cancer and you will just live longer um, and then processed meat very same conclusion just don't eat processed meat uh, you will live longer and uh, so will the animals involved by the way because they're no longer slaughtered uh, white meat that is one for the meat lovers you can still eat a bit of white meat according to these researchers but bring it down from 75 grams to 50 Sugar sweetened beverages, uh, which is on average in a Western diet, 500 grams. So it's like half a liter a day, which I think is unbelievable. But anyway, um, that is what uh, the average uh, person in a Western diet uh, uh, eats, uh, drinks, I should say. Uh, just bring that back to zero. Just don't drink sugar sweetened beverages. Um, the only thing that we're really good on schedule is the added plant oils. Um, it is 25 grams in the typical Western diet. It is also 25 grams in the optimal diet. So all of these advice, and again, read it in, in the latest uh, The Planet newsletter. You just find them on my um, uh, Twitter account. Um, so it's, it's not entirely clear uh, what are all the mechanisms that explains why diet can improve your lifespan. But the optimal diet that the researchers found it includes many foods that are high in antioxidants. So we come back to the story where I started with of the island of Okinawa. Now, some research in human cells suggests that these substances may be, uh, may slow or may pre prevent at least the damage uh, to cells. And that is one of the causes of aging. Um, but Research in this area is rather new. It's still ongoing and uh, it is not certain if um, if the oxidants that we are consuming in part of our diet will actually have the same effect. So many of the foods uh, that they included in this study also have anti-inflammatory properties um, that may also delay the onset of various diseases. So you see a link to the, the kind of conclusions from the studies in the in the blue zones that were done, and um, yeah, as as I said, uh, changing your diet completely can of course be difficult. But it's not a thing of just a yes or no. If you look at your present diet, what you're eating now, and you know by what you should be eating, at least try to make a move in that area. And some of them are really easy: just eating more fruit and eating more vegetables or eating more whole grain. It is just, if you go tomorrow to the supermarkets, you can just take a few other choices and you can see in the results of this study how much change it will already make. And to, to give an example, I made a, a, the calculation for myself using the, 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 the app or it's a website actually where, where you, which is called the Food for Healthy Life Calculator. And I filled in my own data. So... Uh, I am 56 and I'm a man and I normally live in Europe. So I feel in that I live in Europe, although at the moment I live in Canada. And 
the prediction for my life expectancy if I would eat a typical Western diet is that I have only 24 more years to live. It says that I will die at 80. But if I would imp- uh, would follow the optimized diet, so much more fruit and vegetables, and no more meat, etc., I actually have 34 years to live. So I gained 10 years by just eating uh, a more healthy diet. And I think that's an enormous change. And, and as I wrote in the article, 24 years, if you, if you flip it back in time, that is just 1998. So that is, that, that feels like yesterday. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the, the year that you'll, you'll, of course, all remember the, the scandal of Bill Clinton and, and Monica Lewinsky that, that played in 1998. Um, uh, if you, flip it back 34 years is the optimized diet then you go all the way back to 1988 i was still a student it feels like long ago and it was uh, the berlin wall was uh, was still standing we still had a cold war by the way so that must feel very far away for all of you i fear um so yeah so when you go tomorrow to the supermarket uh spend just a little bit more time in the fruit and vegetable section which is worldwide in any supermarket you ever go to it's always in the beginning uh so spend more time in the beginning and less time in the sections that follow which are full with all the the sweet and the more processed uh, food um if you want to do it yourself just google for food for healthy life calculator and the four is the number four food for healthy life calculator you can just fill in these data um it's interesting to see but let's say if you are 60 uh you can gain eight or nine years that's a good rule of thumb it do you go if you go for the compromise instead of the optimized diet which let's say is more uh, what you will be doing in reality unless you're really fanatic then still for the same example that i gave of uh, the woman or man at the age of 60 you can still gain something like seven years it's in my case for instance if i just if i only go to the feasible diet so which is just a little bit in the, in the right direction about halfway i can still gain 6.8 years so i would say this is easy and just go for it so that's that's all i wanted to say i've been speaking much longer than i planned to do this is already half half an hour um but i hope this was interesting life in the blue zones uh the the, the eating the better food um i do every year at the beginning of the year i ask the people that follow me on twitter and some of them follow me already for many years on twitter i every year in the beginning of the year i ask them what do you want to hear more of and what do you want to hear less of and one of the things that clearly popped up this year also last year i should say is that people wanted to hear more about things they can change themselves in their lives and last year i forgot a bit to follow up on it because i was so busy uh, with developing the newsletter but I recently picked it up again. So you will probably hear, uh, I will continue, of course, to, to work on environment and nature and climate change and those issues. But I want to bring in a little bit more on what it means for you and what you can do and kind of things you can take home from what I'm talking about or from what I'm, I'm writing about. So this is a typical example. I 
hope that uh, those that will listen uh, later to this postcard, because right now, I, as you can see, I have only one listener. Thank you, Lizzie, for listening. But in all honesty, I announced this literally five minutes before I went live. And that's, of course, not the way um, to do it. Normally, I schedule things um, further ahead. While I still have your attention, this is no longer about food. So if you were interested in that, you can now go to another podcast. But um, just mentioning that uh, those who follow me more closely know that I was uh, promoting a children's book that I'm really fond of, uh, which is called Papoto. It's about the Maui dolphin. It's really a beautiful children's book. And uh, there was a Kickstarter and I tried to uh, convince many of you to support it and the good news reached me today that that is 100% funded you can still fund it because if there's a bit of extra money they can um, uh, produce uh, more books uh, for the very first round but the minimum that they were looking for has been achieved uh, which is uh, good news uh, for uh, Nomi, Noemi Knight who is uh, the author but it's especially good news for the uh, 60 Maui dolphins that are left in the world because if they get more attention, they probably also get more uh, protection. I will be back on uh, this Tuesday uh, at 11 o'clock um, with Vanessa Champion. I will also be back this Wednesday, um, I think at 2.30, I'm saying on the top of my head, um, I'm looking right now on my agenda. Yes, 2.30 Eastern time that is. So Tuesday, 11 uh, a.m. Eastern time, Wednesday at 2.30 um, uh, p.m. Eastern time, where I'm talking with John Collin on, um, uh, on, on uh, livable cities. And the regular podcast that many of you have already listened to, uh, every Thursday at three o'clock Eastern Time with Alastair Doyle uh, will be uh, will be at a regular time. So I hope that everybody will be there. That's it for now. Wishing you all uh, a beautiful evening and um, hope to uh, see and hear you back soon. Bye bye.